Peter did not feel very brave. Indeed, he felt he was going to be sick, but that made no difference to what he had to do. C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. Continuing our series on emotions, we wanted to get into the emotion of courage, which is making the choice to do something that frightens the character. And I think that's a really important distinction to make because a misconception in the world is that courage is not feeling fear. But like the quote we used at the beginning, it's not the opposite of fear. It is feeling fear and acting despite it. Some of the ways to look at courage is a military way, perhaps, that bravery, valor, daring, heroism, gallantry, stalwart, all of these words are used for a courageous combat, especially militaristic type hero. And if you are representing your courageous character in a more negative light, you might have a character describe them as something like plucky or stupid, or they have guts, nerve, or pride. The last sort of category the synonyms of courage fall under is the more quaint. He's got moxie, kid. He's got grit, perhaps, or he's uh, stout-hearted, he's got fortitude. This does not say anything about his success rate. (laughs) He's just got the spirit behind it. Yes. And of course, the antonyms to courage include things like shy or shameful, possibly embarrassed. They can also be nervous or timid. All of these have to do with anticipating something that is about to happen. And that is a key facet of courage. How you react to something you anticipate about to happen. And I will say that a lot of these antonyms are not an actual antonym to courage because you can still be courageous and brave, but have that moment of shyness or nervousness on the outside. So I think a really good example of this is actually Neville Longbottom in the first Harry Potter movie where he is very timid as he stands up to his friends who are going out to sneak out Yet he is showing probably the most bravery of them all because he is acting despite this overwhelming shyness and nervousness about doing this. When you are talking about courage and the energy, the emotion of that energy behind it, it is going to be escalating, especially because they often start out as feeling and experience that fear and then growing into choosing to take on that thing that scares them. Which is why you often see the word rally in association with courage, because you are collecting the courage in order to do the thing. So the first thing you need to do when you're writing courage is to think about the precursor. Set up the courageous moment well, otherwise it's not going to feel courageous. In order to feel courage, there has to be something they need to step up and face. That can be an opposing force or it can be an extreme challenge that this character has to find the courage to take on to conquer. I recently finished reading Project Hail Mary and there is a moment where the main character is asked to save humanity. And he falls to his knees, begging, crying, going, please pick anyone else. 
I don't want to die. Having that moment prior to his final success makes the ending that much more powerful because you see this change between the terror prior to and then the acceptance of what's happening. And that, I think, is best accomplished when you have some sort of tragedy or experience in that character's backstory that makes them uniquely qualified and uniquely experienced to take on that challenge. So maybe it is a mirror of that tragedy that they experienced that now they have to step up and try again. And actually this time accomplish it. I think that was done really well in the most recent Spider-Man movie. They had this great mirror moment of the fall that Gwen had and MJ in the new series experiencing a very similar moment. The Andrew Garfield Spider-Man got to have his redemption moment. And of course, there was that fear, that terror leading right up to it. But then the courage to say, yes, no, I can do this this time. And I think a precursor to the courageous moment has to be that moment of decision. We need to see, especially if your point of view character is the hero of this moment, that accepting whatever cost in order to do the thing. I'm going to be the one to stand up and save the world. And that really means that they need to understand their choices and the consequences of all those choices. And of course, if your character is being heroic by laying their life down on the line, you have to have something bigger than themselves to consider here. So the purpose of courage is a self-sacrifice. Or, if nothing else, the potential for self-sacrifice. Now, if you are going to represent this emotion in a character outside your point of view character, there are a few external responses to keep an eye out as you are writing this process. The first one is that physical courage. That knowing that you are going to get hurt or die, but doing that thing anyway. Especially if there's pain involved, having courage to face a physical pain is one type of courage. So that can be your point of view character watching that other character, seeing them with a major wound and continuing past it because they know they have to. The next kind of courage to keep in mind is that emotional courage. Being vulnerable with someone to step out of your comfort zone and to step up and say, hey, I need comfort especially in your lower stakes stories where it's a romance instead of the world blowing up, emotional courage is still something that you should employ in your story. This is, like you mentioned, very common in the romance elements. It's that character deciding to finally go to therapy, to finally accept what they thought was a fault all along, the courage to go beyond their backstory and the tragedy there. And the last kind of courage that you can start to access for your stories is that social or moral courage. This is what we were talking about when we mentioned Neville in the first book. That moral and social courage can be far more terrifying than going up against an enemy. And another thing entirely to recognize that I could live miserably for the rest of my life because I stood up and lost friendships. I lost these deep connections that I had because I chose to stand up. And that is probably the most terrifying of all the three to take on. 
I feel like we've spent a good amount of time explaining what this character looks like. How do I portray it in my story? It is perfectly okay and possibly even encouraged to have that heroic character just say they don't want to or that they are afraid to do something. Because when we see that moment of weakness and that moment of terror, then we can cheer them on. We can encourage them as they stand up and try again and decide to be courageous and take that route. It's especially fun if this is a side character, because we think when the gloves are down that they're going to do the cowardly thing. And then when it turns out that they're standing instead, we can cheer that much harder because we see that courage. I think a really good representation of that kind of moment is Pippin in The Lord of the Rings, where he was kind of this bumbling fool most of the way through the book. He is one of the bravest characters in the end because he stands up and takes responsibility for those things that he had done and tries to change the outcomes. Generally, when you're inserting this moment in your story, it's going to happen at the very beginning or the very end. We're going to see this character be courageous where we don't really understand the fear just prior to the actual event that starts to spiral. Or we see this just as we transition into the third act when the character is at their lowest point and they choose to fight the bad guy anyway. This also tends to be a decision or a plot point rather than a character trait. Now, you do have characters who tend to be more heroic, who tend to make these heroic decisions more often. But it's part of the plot that these moments of strong courage really make the impact because it's part of the plot and it changes the direction of the story. Which means you as an author need to set up your characters for success or failure. Make your characters feel weak and powerless so that they can feel powerful later on. As for the physical representations of this emotion, you're going to get a lot of chest and head emotions. They lift their chin, they pull their shoulders back and stand up a little straighter, their jaw will clench. It's that almost posturing, making themselves look bigger than they are sort of look to it. If you've ever seen that infographic, it was popularized by NPR. I don't remember who created it initially, but it shows the full body scan and the heat signatures for each of those emotions. In that infographic, the fear and the pride are both the same body parts as far as what's warm. Pride tends to be hotter than fear. Those are both the upper chest and head. Fear has a little bit in the gut. But when we're talking about courage, which is that strength in spite of fear, it's mostly from the bottom of your ribcage up. Courage is one of the most important emotions to understand as you're writing a book. Almost every single story will include a moment of courage. Even if it's not the character constantly being courageous, there is going to come a moment where they have to choose to take on something bigger than them, scarier than them. And that's a lot of why we write, representing this real emotion, this real type of choice all of us are going to have to make at some point in fiction. And the best way to do that is to write selfishly. 
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.